This episode of the Productivity Podcast is brought to you by Care Of. Care Of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. I'll have a special offer from Care Of during this episode of the show, so be sure to stick around for that. This episode of the Productivity Podcast is also brought to you by Text Expander. Text Expander 6.5 is out now with a new visual editor for snippets. I'll have more to say about Text Expander 6.5 and a special offer for Productivity Podcast listeners during the show. But for now, let's get on with it. Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vardy. And this week on the show, Kevin Cruz joins me once again. He's got a new book coming out. It's called Great Leaders Have No Rules, Contrarian Leadership Principles to Transform Your Team and Business. Last time Kevin and I spoke, we 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 could have kept going. And I'm glad we had the chance to to do so again today. We talk about some of the the the, the things that great leaders need to do. It's funny because they're not really, I would say these are rules that great leaders need to follow, but they have no rules, according to Kevin. And we talk about that. We talk about things that leaders uh, that want to be great leaders can do to kind of uh, transform their team and their business. Now, Kevin is the founder and CEO of LeadX.org. It's an AI startup that created Coach Amanda. And Coach Amanda is the world's first executive coach built with IBM Watson. That's a kind of a big deal. And LeadX has a, a mission to spark the next 100 million leaders around the world. And Cruz is well on his way to do that. Uh, Kevin Cruz, that is with his book. And so we're just going to dig in right now. Uh, great leaders have no rules. Uh, this interview, this, this discussion has no rules as well, as you would expect. Uh, here's my conversation with Kevin Cruz here on the Productivity Podcast. I'd like to welcome Kevin Cruz once again to the Productivity Podcast. Thanks, Kevin, for joining me. Oh, I'm excited to uh, to be back on. Nice to chat with you. Yeah, we had a, a good uh, preamble leading up to this. See, this is one of those things where when I've chatted with someone before uh, on, on not only my podcast, but I, you know, we've chatted for yours, right? So we've done yeah. we've done lots of stuff. And it's really cool that we get a chance to do this because you got another book coming out. Great leaders have no rules. Contrarian leadership principles to transform your team and business. And I want to right out of the gate mention something that I read today uh, by Seth Godin, who talked about how remarkable work is often completed by people who have, I want to say like non-conventional or non like weird priorities. I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah. Um, I want to start there because I, you know, I've, I've had a chance to go through your book a bit, not deeply, but to me, that seems like something that would fit nicely with the title of your book about great leaders having no rules. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the reason why, you know, I, I wrote this book, it, it was a personal thing where, first of all, like I believe leadership is a superpower. Now you and I on have spoken on each other's shows because the other thing I think is a superpower <laughs> is extreme productivity, right? So you and I, we, we're all about productivity and time. And I think that's one of the keys. And the other is leadership, meaning, you know, leadership, boil it down is influence. So when you can lead yourself to productivity, to greatness, to health, wealth, relationships. I mean, that's a superpower. When you can lead those around you, your family, your neighborhood, et cetera, that's a superpower. And then of course, traditionally, if you can lead others at work, that's a superpower. And I was so bad at it. Like I, I just wasn't even aware of, of the power. In my 20s, 
you know, my first two companies crashed and burned. I mean, they just total failures. And then I kind of got some training and, and some learning, but it wasn't great advice. So, I mean, I, I had a couple of okay businesses. It was really only when I said, all right, wait a minute, you know, these traditional things we're hearing about, you know, uh, have an open door policy and uh, wear a mask, you know, don't let don't let people see the real you in case you have to, you know, fire them or something. All these things, I'm like, you know, this just isn't working. And so I started to challenge and started to do research into how truly successful leaders do it. And and often it's the reverse or, you know, the the opposite of what the traditional wisdom said. Maybe it worked in the past, but no longer now. And so back to your 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 point what Seth's point is, today the most successful leaders whether they're leading themselves in their one-person business or entrepreneurial businesses or in a big business, they're doing things very, very differently than uh, than this old-school management wisdom. So you mentioned about the idea of management versus leadership, and this is something that that I think really needs to be looked at because a lot of people think about management as uh, an element of control, right? Like this mm. idea of, and so whenever I hear the term time management, which is, and the reason that I mention it, and I'm sure you do as well, is because it's just a known, it's a conventional term. It's a known entity. Right. But I want to talk about something that, and again, I don't know that you brought up this term in, in, in the book or not. I didn't get to that point, but the idea of leading your time rather than managing it. So can we explore that a bit, especially when it comes to like your to-do list and, and, and your calendar? Yeah, th- that's right. I mean, it's so funny because, and this is just being really honest. So like, my previous book, 15 Secrets Successful People Know About Time Management. I hate that phrase, time management, but that's what everybody SEOs, that's what they search on, right? So purely for discover, to make your book discoverable, I'm a big believer that you've got to include the words that people have in their mind that they're searching for. So even though I didn't like that phrase, I put it in the title for discoverability, but I very quickly said in the book, and I say it again in this book, that you know, we all have the same 1,440 minutes a day. You know, you're not going to manage time. You're not going to make more time. So it's real, really about, you know, I talk about leading, you know, your energy, leading your schedule. I like that, you know, leading your minutes, you know, in, in terms of how you how you use and deploy and invest your minutes. Um, but I'm not a big fan of that management term. Now, when it comes to more traditional workplace management, management versus leadership, I think you're right. Like the the term management for most people, you know, it's it's about controlling things, controlling the output of the organization of your team, maybe controlling the people, which again, I'm saying you shouldn't have rules, but people like to put rules on people. And leadership is about, you know, the management's about the results, the output, but leadership is about engaging your talent, retaining your talent. And uh, the more the more rules you have in place, the less likely you are to engage uh, and build a relationship with with your team members. Well, and I would I would posit too that the idea of management means almost like maintenance, like keeping things, uh, you know, the 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 ability for growth. Let's say, and and I think this is where leadership comes in too. Is with management, it's often about implementation, like you said, and results, and the idea of okay, this is the way we do things, so this is how we do it, and that's the end of that. Whereas leadership challenges those, right? And 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 in your book, you're challenging not just the idea of of having no rules, but like some of the other conventions that go along with the traditional office environment. Like let's use the example of the open door policy, which 
I think is speaking of productivity, I think is a a productivity killer. Can you expand upon that? Yeah. And and this is, this is probably, it's the very first chapter in the book and certainly ideal for your, uh, your, your listeners, because classic wisdom is, you know, have an open door policy, meaning now, of course, this day and age, not everybody has a physical door, but you know, it's more metaphorically speaking these days, but it came, the idea, they, they always come from a good place. They start in a good place. So the idea is like, oh, you know, let's facilitate communication. All the managers literally will keep their doors open. And it also means, you know, people will solve problems faster because they can just walk in and get the answer. Um, it, it breaks down barriers because it also means you can leapfrog your boss and go upstairs and just walk into your boss's boss's office, right? So all of this was designed for for good reasons. Like it came from a good place. This day and age, it's a nightmare. Now, for a few reasons. The obvious reason is those of us who are leaders, who are managers, we can't get anything done anymore. I mean, uh, you know, I used to dread that that you'd be trying to get something done, that deep work, that focused work. And then all of a sudden, got a minute. <laughs> and it's never a minute, Mike. They're always lying to you. It's at least 15, if not 30, right? And so we can't get anything done. It kills our productivity. We cannot get into the zone or the flow state. Now, Marshall Goldsmith, the executive coach, legendary coach, he's written that it's also bad for the person coming through the door. Like there's something wrong going on. If someone's coming through your your door without a meeting all the time, you got to wonder, did you hire the wrong person? (laughs) Can they not do the job you've hired the wrong person? Or you hired the right person, but maybe you didn't train them well, or maybe they don't have the tools they need. And if it's not any of those things, well, then it's something worse. It means you might not have a culture of psychological safety. You're not giving people permission to make a decision and be wrong, to take an action and and have it not work out and become a learning experience. And so if people are coming through, something's not right. And then one of my uh, readers pointed out to me, which I hadn't even thought of, she said, Kevin, I don't want to walk through that open door unless the manager is in the right time frame to to talk to me. You know, how many times do we go in and interrupt our boss and they like give the big sigh and then listen with one eye on their monitor? Like that's not good for anybody. So I'm not saying close the open door completely. I say, you know, close your door, open your calendar. So maybe it's, uh, it's, it's a scheduled thing like office hours. And everybody can determine what's right for their team or their company. But, but instead of an open door policy, maybe it's like, hey, listen, my door is not open before noon because that's when I'm cognitively at my best. That's when I'm doing deep work. But I do have an open door policy after lunch. Or maybe it's Monday through Thursday is not an open door, but Friday is my office hours. Anytime, anybody with any issue, come walking on in on Fridays, or it's the last hour of every day or the first hour of every day, whatever it is, close the open door policy and establish office hours on your calendar. I want to spend more time talking about the calendar stuff in just a minute. We're going to take a break for a second uh, to share a message from one of our sponsors. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. 
It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepassword.com slash Productive Convo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it, and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Now, Care-of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. Now, you can spring into a healthy routine. This is the time of year to do it because the winter blues are coming to an end, and now it's finally time to get back into a routine that empowers you to feel your healthiest. You can give yourself an extra boost this season, whether you're looking for more energy, better sleep, to maintain stress, or something else to help you feel your healthiest. And Care-of's online quiz lets you know exactly what you need. I took it, and it was great because it was an easy quiz and it, what happened was, is it aligned up with what my needs were and what I, I wanted to get out of, of, uh, of what care of had to offer. And it showed me, Hey, here's what you, here's your custom package, your custom subscription for what vitamins you're going to need, uh, and what supplements you're going to need, uh, to help you, uh, reach your optimal, uh, healthy goals that you want over the course of the, you know, the, the, the length of the subscription and and getting your vitamins, it should be easy and convenient. I mean, we're talking about productivity here on this show and it, it can be really hard to know what vitamins or supplements you should be taking. You know, I don't have time to research all of that, but care of makes it easy to find out what you specifically need to be your healthiest. They deliver daily vitamin and supplement packs customized to your recommendations to promote personal health and wellness. And your personalized care of subscription box gets sent right to your door every month with personalized daily packs it's great for a busy on-the-go lifestyle, which I know I'm living and I'm sure you're living too. Now, what you can do to get 50% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins is you just need to go to takecareof.com and enter timecrafting. That's the promo code you want to enter is timecrafting. So again, you can get 50% off. That's a huge deal off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. Just go to takecareof.com and then enter the promo code time crafting. Uh, you know, as I said, I was able to go through the quiz simply and easily and get my recommendations. And I know that Kara will work the same for you. So check it out again, 50% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. Just go to takecareof.com and enter the promo code time crafting and make that happen today. I'd like to thank Kara for sponsoring this episode of the productivity podcast. Now let's get back to the show. All right, so let's talk about the calendar. And I'm a big believer in um, 
white space in the calendar. When I, when, you know, um, in an upcoming episode where I speak with Michael Hyatt, we talk about the idea of calendaring and, and all that such stuff. Now you've, you said, open up your calendar. Um, let's, let's dig into that a bit more because I think it, there's, there's gotta be a, almost like a, a just right factor there. You know, the idea of what's reasonable versus what's too much. How do you recommend if someone wants to exhibit these, these traits of, of a great leader that they open up their calendar in a way that allows them to kind of uh, fulfill what you, what you just spoke about, but also give themselves the time to do the things that they need to do on their own. Yeah, this is this is this was my most controversial chapter in the previous book, and it is in this one, chapter six. Crowd your calendar. I say crowd it up. Now, here's why. So traditional, what we've learned from getting things done, David Allen, all these others, traditional wisdom is hey, your calendars for the scheduled items like calls and meetings, and your your to-do list, your task list is where you put all the things you need to do and you prioritize them, A, B, C, A1, A2 all that good stuff. That's the way I used to do it for years. Now, what I learned from the the highly successful people research and then now the leadership is great leaders focus on their time like none others. I mean, like you and I do. Like, I mean, time is life. Time is the most valuable asset. And just like we wouldn't leave our money out to have people tap on the door and walk away with our money, we shouldn't let people do that with our with our time. And the idea is, so Great leaders, they focus, again, there's two sides, results and relationships, profits and people. But often the task nature of what we do crowds out the people stuff. So the first part of crowd your calendar means you need to schedule all of that great leadership stuff. So for example, at my company, LeadX, I value talent, I value employee engagement. And so every Monday I call, you know, I like themes as well. So Mondays are for meetings. And so every Monday, I pre-schedule one-on-one meetings with each of my direct reports. And I also pre-schedule our weekly uh, meeting. I call, it, I call it a war meeting, weekly action review. Now, I've also scheduled out to infinity every six months career growth meetings with my team members. I also have quarterly you know, meetings. So everything that I value from a leadership standpoint I don't just say, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to talk to Mike about his career because I haven't done that in a while, or I should really catch up with Mike. It's been a while since we've had a one-on-one. It's pre-scheduled all, all the way out. But I go further. I say schedule everything, including that think time, that strategy time. Um, you know, it's it, it's something that uh, we we see over and over again from great CEOs, whether it's you know, former CEO of Microsoft, Bill Gates, who always has a think week, a full week of just things to learn and do it, but it's pre-scheduled. CEO of LinkedIn, who every day he's got 60 to 90 minutes of time scheduled on his calendar. That's just blank. You know, it's the deep focused time to be strategic, to be creative, to learn, Uh, For for myself, I just write on my calendar buffer, B-U-F-F-E-R. And and it's because I want to be flexible, like, okay, well, maybe I want to think strategically, or maybe I want to write something or, you know, deep dive and learn. But that's my focus time. And every day I've got one or two slots of buffer time already, you know, committed so that I don't get crowded out by somebody else's priorities. So the idea is, is even your tasks, even if it's a meeting with yourself, put it on your calendar. And I know that's a crazy idea to many and not, ev- not everybody is going to be into that. But Mike, I always say it's like a new coat. Like 
Try it on. Try to crowd your calendar with your alone time, with your leadership time, with your tasks. And if it doesn't feel right, okay, take that jacket off, take that coat off, didn't fit, but at least try it for a week or two. Now, that's interesting because you mentioned this buffer time. And I think you and I are very similar in how we do this because we talked about theming. And a lot of people would say, you know, um, Mike, do you schedule your entire, you know, do you hyper schedule yourself? Um, which is what I would say that if you're putting very specific tasks on your calendar, yeah, you are because you, like you said, you leave no room for you to lead your time. Whereas if you were to, like that buffer time, it, you're right. It gives you that freedom. And to, to, to what we're talking about in the book about having no rules, um, some would argue that having rules, uh, is, is what you need to have the ability to create some freedom around it. So what do you, you know, what do you suggest that leaders do Instead of putting rules in place, what should they do instead? Because it's, again, we're talking about something that's very conventional. Now we're saying, hey, do something that's rather unconventional. Yeah, it, it, this this was the genesis of the whole book. It's, it's something that happened to me uh, 20 years ago. And so I was 30 years old. I had just sold a, a company to a bigger company. And part of the deal was that I was going to you know, join as a partner, a vice president, report to the CEO. And, you know, I had a contract to stay. And the CEO is like, Kevin, don't think of me as your boss. You know, we're just partners. We're going to grow this together. We all have an equal vote. Sounded great. And then 30 days in, I get my first uh, expense check back from the from the accounting department. And it's short by like $4. Not a lot of money, but I thought maybe I filled out the form wrong. So I emailed the CFO. Hey, Don, short $4. Did I do something wrong? He says, no, we deducted the post-it notes you tried to reimburse, you know, get reimbursement for. That's what he said, the post-it notes. So I emailed, I'm like, why? He emails back, wasteful expense. So now, all of a sudden, how much did I feel like a partner in this firm when I couldn't put post-it notes as part of my office expense? How much did I feel like a vice president? How much did I feel like my vote was the same as everyone else's when out of the blue, with no notification, no explanation, I'm just notified that you're not going to get paid back for your post-it notes. And the same day, there was another friend of mine. He was another young guy who had come in a similar situation. He said, hey, you're not going to believe this, Cruz. He says, they deducted my $3 beer. I was traveling, you know, I was staying at a hotel, had dinner, bought a beer with the dinner, and uh, they deducted it. They said, we don't reimburse for beer. You could have bought a $6 milkshake. We would have paid for it, but we won't pay for your $3 beer. The rule is, no beer, no alcohol. So this started a war about this because here's the thing. As I explained, every time you bump into a rule, you know, every time I bumped into a rule there, it became their company, not my company. Uh, all of a sudden, it's a disengaging factor. Now, the funny thing is, so I go to the CEO and I fight it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. What are you doing? And he immediately says, oh, I had no idea that people were getting so upset about this. Fine. There's, there's, no more rule. You guys can put your beer in and you can put your post-its in. Rules changed. However, he went on to explain. He said, Kevin, I didn't care about post-it notes. One of our values is that we will grow and be profitable. And that was a written value. Now, it wasn't the mission, but he said profits to a company are like breathing. You know, it's not the purpose of life, but you need to do it to live. So profits was actually a value. And he said, I used to walk around and everybody would be so wasteful of those post notes. They'd doodle on them while they were on the phone, or they'd write a phone message on the post-it note and slap it on someone's desk. He says, you know what I use for that? And he points to his desk, and there's ripped up pieces of paper, like the printer paper. He'd rip into fours. 
And so he said, this is what I use for that. And he said, this is a symbol of frugality. No post-it notes rule was a symbol of frugality. So even though he changed the rule, I never again bought post-it notes. And to this day, I've got a little stack of ripped up paper on my desk. And, but look at what happened. All of a sudden, like that rule had crowded out conversation. That rule replaced values and was disengaging rather than engaging. When he had the conversation, I felt closer to him, my boss. I felt now like, oh, this is a symbol. It's about our values. I, I care about this place. I care about our values. I, I want to I fit in. I want to represent this. I want to show people my ripped up pieces of paper now. It was a whole different thing. And, and similarly, like the, the classic bad rules are like around travel. So they'll say, you know, you can't stay in um, a hotel that costs more than $100 a night. So then you got a business meeting in New York City and the hotel's $125 a night if you're lucky. And so instead of staying in that $125 a night thing, the employees stay in New Jersey next door at the $100 night hotel. And then they spend $75 on a rental car to drive over into New York for the meeting, right? They just spent more money, but now they're conforming to the rules and probably are, are disengaged that they had to do this. So rules are very easy to get around. They disengage people and they literally get in the way of conversation. So what's better than a rule is saying, all right, listen, we, we're going to, first of all, you got to hire great people. You got to hire great people. And then you have conversations around your values and guardrails and starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier. Thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. So Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. What norms are. You know, I, I could have submitted the, the post-it notes and they could have said, hey, Kevin, you know what? Here, here's your full expense report back. And we never told you this before, but by the way, you know, one of our values is about profit and leadership around here kind of looks down on post-it notes. They think it's a waste, a symbol of waste. So, you know, we invite you not to buy post-it notes anymore or not to spend more than $125 on a hotel or whatever it is. It's a whole different thing. And, and you know, Netflix is famous for this. I mean, it's more or less a no rules culture. You know, there's there's no no vacation policy. There's no dress code. There's no expense policy. But there's a lot of conversation about excellence and what good looks like and what the values are. It's a whole different mindset. Well, I guess if you were to look in my office right now and you'd see all the post-it notes up in my office, you'd be like, <laughs> Mike, you're in trouble. Uh, well, you're, you're, you're paying for them yourself. So it's, it's, you can reimburse them for yourself. You've got that. You've got that covered. All right, we're going to take a break from the show to talk about a sponsor, Text Expander. Text Expander 6.5 is out now with a new visual editor for snippets. And it's, it's fantastic. The new editor gives you visual access to fill-ins, dates, and date math, nested snippets, and more. I use the fill-ins a lot. I have a lot of 
you know, almost boilerplate email templates and snippets that I want to use. And the fill-ins are just fantastic, especially, actually, especially since uh, I have a lot of people that want to, you know, either be on the show or we're asking people to be on the show or whatever. We can just use these, these text expander snippets with the fill-ins to say, hey, you know, we don't have any slots available to this point in time, et cetera, et cetera. It's just really, really awesome. The automation is easier too, because there's JavaScript syntax highlighting for those of you who are familiar with that. You know, the text expander snippets you use on your desktop or laptop, they work on iOS as well. So for iPhone and iPad and text expanders, Windows users get offline editing support and improved expansion. Now, listeners of the Productivities Podcast are going to get 20% off of their first year. All you need to do is go to textexpander.com slash podcast, and then you can learn more about Text Expander and sign up for that 20% off discount for your first year. So again, I love Text Expander. I've been using it for years. I know you will too. So just visit textexpander.com slash podcast, and you'll get 20% off of your first year of Text Expander. I'd like to thank Text Expander for sponsoring this episode of the Productivities Podcast. Now let's get back to the show. All right, let's shift gears and go back to something you mentioned off at the top of the show, which was this idea of extreme productivity. So I want to, I'm not going to challenge it, but I'm going to, uh, words are really, really important to me. And, and as a writer, I know they're important to you as well. So the, the term extreme, can you define that a little, like, what do you mean by extreme? Because I, I think that as soon as some, for me, and maybe this is just me, uh, I hear that term and I'm like, oh, I can just feel the, uh, not the, not the overwhelm, but I can feel like, oh, this is, this just seems like it's a bit much. Can you, can, I think, I think I'm going to put words in your mouth, but I think when you say extreme, it's not about go, go, go fast, fast, fast now, 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 which is, or an overwhelming uh, sense of, I must be doing everything at all times, all at once kind of thing. So can you define that a little bit more so that people who are listening going, oh, I guess I, I'm not you know productive enough because I'm not extreme about it. So the way I, and I, you know, to, to each their own, the way I define extreme productivity is I'm very clear. It is a tenfold increase in your productivity while reducing the feeling of being overworked and overwhelmed. So you 10x the results, that's a key word, you 10x results while reducing overwork and overwhelm. I definitely don't mean, and that's that's the first mistake that people make when it comes to productivity is usually they think of productivity in terms of how many things am I can I get done? How many things am I gonna do in the day? Um, it's not about things, it's about results. And so, for example, and this, again, I used to be horrible at this, Mike. So when I was in my 20s and that first company that actually made it, like this just didn't die, um, it, it took me five years and it was doing a million, million dollars a year. And I sold it for $2 million. But I was working between 80 and 120 hours a week to get that million dollars a year of results. Now, most people will say, Kevin, you know, you, you're just, this is ridiculous. You're saying people can double their productivity. That's impossible. I can't double my productivity. And again, if you're thinking about doubling the number of things you're doing today, you might be right. If you're talking about doubling the results, you'd be wrong. Because what I learned after I interviewed all the like self-made millionaires and billionaires and everybody I could and started changing, the very next company in five years, so the previous one, in five years, I built it to a million dollars of value. The next one in five years, I built it to $12 million a year in revenue, sold that for a multiple on that. And I was working 32 hours a week. I took every Friday off and I was home for dinner every day. So in my mind, 
I went from 1 million a year of revenue to 12 million a year of revenue. That's 12x results. And I went from 80 to 120 hours down to 32 hours. So that's 3x less, you know, one third the the effort, the, the hours of work. So in my mind, I, I, I 36x my productivity by doing, you know, certain weird things. And I was totally like my stress was one tenth of what it was before. So when I say extreme productivity, it's how do you get like tenfold increase in your results with less hours and less feelings of overworked and overwhelmed? I also think that maybe the term extreme also, like you mentioned earlier on about the word time management, people get, it's like, I'm curious about that. What is that? You know, and then when you explain it, it's like, oh, it's really about being deliberate and doing the right things so that you're not, you're not spending the wrong amount of time doing any one particular set of tasks or, or spending the wrong amount of time or wrong amount of effort in the wrong things. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where you and I you know, definitely see eye to eye. I think most, most people in this space do like, I mean, the, the most important thing is to identify like what, what is the right thing? You know, what is your one thing? What is your most important task? I call it the MIT. You know, what, what is your, 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 your 80, 20, you know, the 20% that gets you your 80% results. I mean, that's a big part of the secret is just knowing what the high leverage, high value things really are. So uh, as we get close to wrapping up here, there's a couple more things I want to touch on. First, we'll go back to your previous book, which we talked about. You're going to we'll have a link to the show notes of, of the last appearance you had. But I'm just curious, you know, when you when you're looking at those 15 secrets, you know, those 15 secrets that you mentioned um, in the last book, which of those um, you can answer either of these. Which of those do you use more than any other after your research for that book? And which of those do you did you discard pretty quickly? Go, eh. That's a that's a great question. No one's ever asked me that. So I would say, I mean, the 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 thing that really transformed me that I post book is this idea of scheduling everything. Like I don't use a to do list. I don't have a to do list, and um, that has really changed. You know, my again less stress, more productivity, changed my life. And it that surprises me. That was a weird thing to do. Uh, the thing that I probably um, oh. Uh, you know what? So one of them is, is to use a, uh, a notebook and I used to be a huge notebook user. And, and I'm one of these guys, one of these annoying guys who says like, it should be a paper notebook. Like the digital ones aren't quite the same. Um, and, uh, and for some reason I, I'll have to think about this, but like, I don't use a notebook nearly as much as I used to. And it's not that I'm using a digital one. It's like, I'm not, taking notes or writing things or journaling as much as I used to. I'm not quite sure why. Huh. That's fascinating. Because I've actually gone the other way and I'm using more paper notebooks than using the digital tools. I still have the digital tools there, digital tools there to incubate like a lot of the stuff. But when it yeah. comes to actually working things out, uh, like my content plan and stuff, I actually have it all written down on paper. I'll go through that and then I'll go back into the digital tool and check them off. So it's almost like I can connect to them better when they're on paper uh, and disconnect from all the digital, you know, kind of, maybe this is, maybe this is an influence of, I don't think it's an influence of Cal Newport's new book, Digital Minimalism, but it's definitely, there's definitely elements of that in there for sure. So I, that's well, fascinating well, I think, to me. I think what you're doing is right. Like I'm looking at my bookshelf right now and I've got like, 10 years and I don't know, 30 leather bound notebooks filled, which I love. And like someday my kids will be bored by them and stuff. So it's something I want to get back into. And I've got the paper notebook up always with me. 
Um, I, you know what I think it is? It should be that like since doing the newest startup from like three years ago, um, I'm I'm in more just employee meetings and I'm at my desk more. And I just have not been in a spot to be doing as much, uh, you know, noodling around in the notebook. But it's your I want to get back to your practice for sure. I wonder if it also might have to the way that you can get back into it. I know I did is by having pens and notebooks that you really love and want to use, mm. too. Right. Like I use Baron Fig products, a uh, little plug to those guys there because I love the quality and I love that. In fact, the the pens I use, I'm using them right now, was voted by like was in the New York. I think it was in the New Yorker as the best pen on the market. Um, so now, do they only have one pen or is oh, there no, a no, no, pen? no, 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 no. They actually what's interesting. And Joey was on uh, Joey found the, the you know, he was on from Baron Fig was on an earlier episode of the podcast. But they have limited editions that they release, not just of notebooks, but of pens. And some of those limited edition pens are going for like two or three hundred dollars on eBay. Because yeah, so I got to get one of these. I get your <laughs> no, because I like the feel of all that writing, and that's why I've done that. But I've never, like, I always just use, like, I'm looking right now, like, I like it, but I'm just using this, like, big jet stream thing. You know, it's not like a special feels good in my hand kind of pen. Oh, yeah, no, there's these. I have more than, uh, more than my wife would like me to have, but just enough <laughs> for me. Um, <laughs> but let, let's let's uh, close out with this this last thing you're talking about. Like, I want to talk about the idea of um, slowing down and being deliberate, uh, because I think that personally, that in order to you know adopt anything new or to try to change your mindset, you need to slow down and. and be thoughtful and mindful about things. So if someone is trying to adopt the, the, uh, what, what successful leaders, uh, do or what they have, uh, so that they can become a, a great leader as well, they're going to go through this book and go, Oh my goodness, there's so much. And, and I don't recommend that you go through this book and go, okay, I'm going to do all these things at once. Right, right. Uh, what do you recommend that they either start with or like, how, how do you, what's the first thing that they can do to say, okay, this is, this is the, the, almost like the gateway to great leadership. Well, I'll, it'll be a productivity thing because chapter two is turn off your smartphone. Now, people listening to this show, they're probably already familiar with this, but even the smartphone problems from whether it's the distractions and the always on and the addiction or even the safety issues, those are leadership problems. Uh, you know, if, if you are constantly distracted, you are not going to be productive or present and mindful with the people around you. And so, you know, it, it, I mean, it's simplifying it, but it's like shut off notifications on your phone. So you use the phone when you want to, and you're not Pavlov's dog, you know, reaching for it every time. And hopefully that gives you some mental space to try out some of these other things, you know, thinking about what should be on that task list versus a calendar. What am I going to do to, to reshape the open door situation? Um, but give yourself some space from that phone. That's a great way to end up because we've actually in, in upcoming episodes, we talked to Michael Hyatt about what he's done with his phone. And I think that uh, that's definitely an area where uh, where people can stand to disconnect more so they can connect better with themselves and with the people that they are uh, they are leading. Kevin, this has been a great conversation. I expected no less from us two getting together. Once again, the new book is called Great Leaders Have No Rules, Contrarian Leadership Principles to Transform Your Team and Business. If you're listening to this episode when it comes out, you can pre-order the book now, right? You can pre-order the book with uh, some crazy good pre-bonus pre-order offers. Go to norulesleadership.com. And if you pre-order the book, I'll send you uh, a copy of three of my other books, both eBooks, 
audiobooks, and you'll get a 90-day um, pass to the online video academy for uh, extreme productivity. There we go. Kevin, thanks again for joining me today on the Productivity Podcast. Thanks, Mike. And that's all she wrote. I encourage you to pick up Kevin's book, Great Leaders Have No Rules. Uh, links are all in the show notes, as well as all of the other relevant links that we mentioned, including uh, our last discussion here on the podcast. You can check all of that out. And if you're not subscribed to the show, this is the first time listening to it, and you're like, hey, I don't want to miss another episode, there's a quick and easy and simple way to do that. Just subscribe to the show. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can get it. So subscribe to the show. That way you don't miss a single episode. We've got a great guest lined up for next week. Someone I've wanted to chat with for a while. All my guests are great, but this one is one that's been on my wish list for some time. So I'm, I'm looking forward to bring that episode to you next week. I don't want to gloss over the, the, the fine points of this episode because Kevin brought it. And I want to thank Kevin for joining me today. I want to thank John Polster for producing the show too. And I want to thank Connie for taking care of the show notes and all that. Connie's been a wonderful addition to the team. And I'm really looking forward to working with her more and more uh, over the course of the next several months and beyond. I also want to thank our sponsor, uh, one of our sponsors, that is, Care Of. So if you go to takecareof.com and enter the pro promo code TIMECRAFTING, you can get 20% I also want to thank our sponsors for this episode. First sponsor I want to talk about is Care Of. Again, you know, monthly subscription service for vitamins, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. Uh, and the no-brainer part is that you can get 50% off your first order. Just go to takecareof.com and enter the promo code TIMECRAFTING to make that happen, okay? So thanks to Care Of for joining uh, us on the show today. And thanks to Text Expander for sponsoring this episode of the show as well. If you want to get 20% off of your first year of text expander just go to textexpander.com slash podcast and you can make that happen today i am a huge fan of text expander i'm so happy that they're a part of the show that's it for this episode i will see you next week until then i'm mike vardy the host of the productivity's podcast reminding you stop guessing and start going see you later